This is The Playbook. As much as I'd like to talk about that spirituality of abundance, I get to talk to you today about my favorite topic, sales. And I think that sales is the greatest skill, the best knowledge, and the greatest desire if taken into the right perspective for all of us. Every single person on earth is selling. And in that context of selling, I try to break it down to what selling is about, which is what my life is about, to provide value and receive value. To provide value and to receive value, I need a community, a community of people who are willing to help me with the value that they have or the value that they know someone else has and for me to help them with the value that I have or know someone that has. It's that simple. Whether it's personal within the context of being a parent, and I always say it's not so apparent that everyone's a salesperson until you become a parent and try to convince your kid to do something. Then you start realizing, wait, maybe I am a parent a salesperson because there's no one we'd rather provide value to than those most relative to us and most people are most relative to their children most relative to their children and in the context of this idea of value comes this skill this knowledge and this desire to sell now sales to me used to mean the idea of overselling, back-end selling, lying, manipulating, and cheating to get what I needed or wanted or thought that I wanted. And I see it all the time. Every time I go to buy a car, I come in with complete optimism, even if it's online, that I'm not going to experience that type of a sale. Nonetheless, invariably, somewhere along the line from the initial person who's trying to stimulate my interest to buy the car to the financial person that tries to do whatever they do, somewhere along the line, I always run into traditional sales. Overselling, back-end selling, lying, manipulating, and cheating, trying to dump a bunch of features and benefits through assumption onto me without ever understanding or communicating value. And so as we look at value in sales, <coughs> I took another step back and said, how do we provide value to people? Because we all have different values. We have different scale, skills. We have different knowledge of what and who we know. And we have different desires. Those are the essence. The formula of our value is based off of the skills we have, the knowledge of what we know and who we know, and our desires. When you encompass all of that, that is your value to your community. The people that you want to help know that we can help or vice versa. So how do we truly provide value? We, we complicate this through all the emotions of what I call a zero-sum world of value where if I sell something, I win. And if I don't, I lose. Or if I give something compared to if I receive it, which is always the resistance in selling as well as giving and receiving and witnessing giving and receiving. If we have a zero sum game, we're all gonna lose. Because we haven't really at its essence examined internally and inventoried our value and our value is what skills do I have aligned with the people I wanna help? What knowledge of who and what do I have aligned with the people I wanna help? And what's my desire? And within the context of value, there's only two things you need to know when quote-unquote selling in an abundant manner in a value-add world. Number one, find out what people like. Find out what people like. And then find out what they don't like. Two things happen in there. Number one, quantitatively, you have a great way to complete a shared vision, which is the ability to articulate a quantitative value to exceed what you're asking for. But by finding out what people like and don't like, not only will it enhance your capability of articulating a quantitative value to exceed what you're asking for so that you can 
close a deal or share a vision by saying, hey, can you see, considering I'm giving you more than I'm asking for, can you see any reason you wouldn't want to move forward? Because I know you like this or you don't like this. Why do we ask for both? Because value is based off of, in this community context, in this value-add world, an abundant, infinite amount of value that exists today, not a zero-sum game where there's only a, enough for me or there's not enough for anyone, but this truly v uh, abundant world of more than enough of everything for everyone, we provide value in two ways. One, we give people more of what they like. Or we take away what they don't like or part of what they don't like. That's it. So when a client comes in to see you or a prospective person comes into your life, personally or professionally, you will increase your ability to provide value when you can find out and discover what people like and what they don't like according to what you are trying to provide value for or share a vision of. So if you are a chiropractor or an insurance salesperson, a financial planner, an energy drink company, whatever it may be, it is a necessity if you want to work in abundance, if you want to work in a value-add world, not a zero-sum game. A zero-sum game, you could be a great negotiator, a great trader, a great liar, cheater, manipulator, overseller, backend seller, those all work in the zero-sum game all day long if you want to be in competition with the people that you want to help or competition with other people who want to help other people. That just doesn't seem right to me. Mathematically or psychologically or spiritually, or philosophically or theoretically, that just doesn't make sense with me, even though I lived my first half of my life in extreme competition, living a zero-sum game, and being damn good at it. The funny thing about a zero-sum game is a lot of times, like it did for me in that video, it ends up in zero. <laughs> it ends up in zero. Not me anymore. I live in an abundant, infinite universe, an omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing universe and more than enough of everything for everyone, a unified system that has everyone included in it to add value to each other. But in order to do so, we need to know and take inventory of our skills, our knowledge, our desire, and we have to find out by being more interested than interesting, what is it that you like and don't like about what I'm doing or the skills, knowledge, and desire that I have? What is it? Simply, because once I know, then I can apply my skills, my knowledge, and desire to give you more of what you like and more of what you don't like. Like, for example, I found out that Skip likes chocolate donuts. <laughs> and so Sean got a whole big box of the exact type of chocolate donuts that Skip loves. I was able to give him so much value. And if you don't believe me, at the end of this, we're gonna do Q&A and I'll sign books, so please, I always forget to tell people to stay around. Please come up here, I'll answer more questions and sign books. I want you to go to the back and see the value that I brought Skip. <laughs> By knowing what he likes. Did I get him those little, you know, chocolate holes? No. I got him a big chocolate donut in the exact shape that he loves. Thanks, You're welcome. That's a sale, right? We're living together, Skip and I, in a value-add world where I was able to give him more of what he likes and take away what he doesn't like. So how do we do this? I like to give pragmatic, practical procedures to people that they can practice and get better at. The first way, and I believe foundational principle of this idea of more than enough, of having, adding value, creating a community of people who want to add value, know people that can add value and can add value to me, and know people that can add value to me, see how this whole abundance thing works and how it has, is a couple principles. Number one, I believe you have to believe in order to live in a, a value-add world that there's more than enough of everything for everyone. I, I, and, and I can't prove it to you. So if you're looking for mathematical proof or some scientific, uh, and I've studied physics, quantum physics, and metaphysics, but I cannot prove to you there's more than enough of everything for everyone. But I will tell you 
that I can't prove to you either that I, it's zero sum, that there's just enough for everyone or not enough for everyone. So one of the principles that I live by in a value-add world, in a value-add mindset, heart set, and hand set, is that I am a person who chooses the better choice, the better option. Unless you can prove to me a truth, mathematically, scientifically, without a doubt, I am always going to choose the better option. So for example, I was with Tom Bilyeu, one of my friends who I really admire, and I found something out when I was at dinner with him, is that he believes that this is it, that you get one life, you are a bio-anatomical, physical, chemical being, and you get one life. That's a zero-sum perspective. And he was truly one of the last people I would have thought has that perspective. We agree on about 80% of different things, philosophies, theories, especially in business. But this one's way off for me. And so I said, whoa, 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 Tom, Tom, you believe this is it? No past lives, no future lives, no more than enough of everything for everyone, just enough for you by your own journey as a bioanatomical, physical, chemical being? And he's like, yeah, dude. Why? What do you believe? I said, I believe in an omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source that loves me more than my mom, an infinite, abundant system of thought that I'm a part of to provide value in eternity. And he said, can you prove it? I said, no. Can you prove it's not? No. So then why would you choose, why would you choose the lesser? Right? People ask me, oh, you believe in future, past lives? Heck yes, I do. Why? Because if I got a choice that this is it or I get to live 100 million lives, I'm choosing 100 million. I, I don't get it. But at its core, you better get it and you better believe it that there's an omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source that loves you more than your mom. An infinite, infinite, abundant system of thought that you're a part of or else this value-add world of selling isn't going to work for you. Because when it gets hard and you have pain, setbacks, failures, and mistakes, the only way a person who lives in a zero-sum game and sells in a zero-sum game is going to think is I'm being punished. I've made a mistake. This is it. I'm a loser, a failure. I'm separate from, inferior, superior, determinative upon the comp the separation, the trading, the negotiation, the lying, manipulating, and cheating, all the things that I have lived through and I have gotten over because I decided to make a better choice for the better option. So ask yourself, what's the better option? Because I will tell you one truth that I do know is you don't know what you don't know. There's trillions available. That web telescope, anyone see the trillions of galaxies or whatever they showed on the telescope? <laughs> that showed me even more how little I know. So how is it that some circumstance that exists today that looks as if it's a failure, a setback, a punishment, a pain, a separation in my life is somehow I know that this is punishment. So what do I do? Make the better choice. This must be protecting me from something. This must be promoting me. And that enables me to live in an abundant universe of more than enough. So I have complete intuition, intellect, and inspiration when I share my value. And somehow it just seems to work. And the people that I know within the context of this mindset, heart set, and hand set, it works for as well. Because I do have a comparative uh, analysis of being a great overseller, backend seller, liar, manipulator, and cheater, and being abundant. And I've never, ever received more and never, ever have been able to give more freely with minutes and moments of interference. So I want you to think within the context of what's the better option when you're selling. At its principled state of more than enough, just enough, or not enough. Right? People who live in not enough, they're victims. Why me? People who live in just enough, it's all for me like Tom Bilyeu. Right? We give even to receive. We think of ourselves as philanthropists, humanitarians, very generous. But we're just giving to receive. We're buying things we don't need to impress people we don't like. 
We're putting pressure, stress, interference, anxiety, worry, regret, and guilt, the fear of the past, the fear of the future, all on some zero-sum game that's not a reality that we need to have. But instead, you can live in a world of abundance, of more than enough of everything. And if you sell from a point of abundance, you will be utilizing energy as it was created. And this is mathematical. Behaviors, ideas, what we do, what we say, what we think, what we believe and feel are all energy. Money is an energy. Money is an energy. Behavior is an energy. And there's three characteristics that I keep trying to align with my behaviors and my perspective of this value add in life, of how much value am I giving of my skills, my knowledge, and my desire. And the first one is really interesting. It works in our favor. The first energetic principle that applies to selling is aggregation. Energy aggregates on itself. It attracts like energy. People, ideas, money, keeps attracting more of the like energy. So I want to be cognizant, especially of my behavior, to progress in the right trajectory in order to aggregate more of that energy. Whether it be money, behavior, whatever it may be. And so I have to figure out in the principled idea that there's more than enough of everything for everyone, an omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source, what am I doing to interfere with that? Instead of in a zero-sum game, what am I doing to get it? Am I going to work harder, work smarter, get more clients? What, all those things that we do in the zero-sum game. No. I promise you, if you have faith, there's more than enough of everything for everyone because you're taking the better option then you can just sit in a world where you're utilizing all your free will, all your energy to aggregate to find out what you're doing to interfere with the infinite system that you're a part of, an abundant system. What am I doing to interfere with it is a completely different, very ferocious way of living your life. It's not sitting at home high on your mom's couch, dreaming about what you want, sick and broke all the time, being a victim. It is actually a very active thing. What am I doing, saying, thinking, believing, and feeling to clear the interference between me and abundance so I can provide more value and know more people that can provide value and vice versa? And if we can do that, we will aggregate more of the like energy with the same behavior. See, one of the problems with energy or behavior or money is that we expect instant results. And the younger people, and we're blessed to have a few here, they expect it even faster than we did. And I remember my grandparents saying, oh, you just, you want to be, you know, instant gratification, Dave, because, you know, you kids use an ATM and you get some money so fast, you just go up to a machine and you put in your thing and the, and the money comes out, you know, where I'm from. I'd walk six miles to the bank and I'd wait in line for 50 minutes, and I'd have a 50-minute conversation with the lady there, and I'd fill out the forms by hand, and you know, six hours later, I got my money. Now we have the same conversation with our children, it's just as different facts. Regardless, what happens with energy is we expect instant results or faster results. Here's the problem with that. We have certain skills, knowledge, and desires that are based off of our human capability. Everybody knows, you know better than I do, that the body, the embodiment that we have, limits our capability. And so you utilize your profession to bring that life source, that life force, in an aligned way into the body to enhance its capabilities. But one of the capabilities that we don't have is to see instant progress. But I promise you, mathematically, through physics, quantum physics, and metaphysics, that every piece of energy, behavior, money, etc., has a progress to it. it. It's moving. And so, if we are faithful that there's more than enough of everything, and faithful that energy aggregates, and behaviors and energy, and money's and energy, then we want to utilize our activities in the trajectory of what we think we want in that value-based system because we're gonna progress in that trajectory without attachment of our emotions to an outcome that will be happy when, or this will indicate that I'm successful or not successful. That's all zero sum game mindset. 
But in an abundant mindset, it's like I know by my behavior, by the energy and value that I'm giving, that I'm moving in the right trajectory. I don't know what the outcomes are going to be. I know the outcomes are going to be better than I anticipate. Why? Because I have faith that there's an omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source that loves me more than my mom, and therefore, why wouldn't it be better than I think? Because if anything's good for me, my mom would give it to me as long as the behaviors were aligned with giving it to me so that it would build me to be a better person to reach my potential. That's what my mom would do. Even if I didn't understand why she wouldn't let me touch a hot stove, she slapped my hand and yelled at me, not because she was punishing me, she was protecting and promoting me. The same thing happens when you don't get that client, that deal, that house, that job, that relationship that you wanted. It's the exact same thing in an abundant world. So energy will aggregate if we have the faith that our behaviors are in the right trajectory, it's gonna aggregate in the right trajectory, and we're doing what we don't want, or what we think we don't want, or what other people want for us, it's gonna aggregate in the wrong direction, because energy aggregates on itself. You're gonna attract more of what you don't want, what's missing, what you don't have, or what other people want for you. So we have to be disciplined in our usage of energy, of free will. Second characteristic of energy, it's, it's a blessing one, Energy, it compounds on itself. So if we have appropriate usage of energy in a value-based system of more than enough of everything for everyone, it's not going to go one, then two, then three, then four clients, or one, two, three, four dollars. It will go one, two, four, eight, sixteen. And Einstein, for me, is the easiest place to understand how this works of compound interest, the rule of 72, talking about getting 1% better every day. In that period of time, he says, if it takes you a day to get 1% better, it'll be 72 days until you're twice as good. And it applies to money. Obviously, we do that in our finances and a variety of other things, including your people and the ideas in your life. One, two, four, eight. Once again, remember that we can't see progress. Therefore, it usually takes about 90% of the effort till the human body is capable of being aware of our progress, which is extremely discouraging, which is why 99% of the people quit before they're 25% of the way there, even though they're 90% of the way there, even though they're 25% aware of it. Because in the doubling effect, if you're 25% of the way there, you're 90% of the way there because in equal amount of time, you'll be 50% of the way there than 100%. But most people quit before. In fact, even worse than 99% of the people quitting when they're 25% of the way there or aware of it, there's 99% of the 1% that quit in the next year or in the next period of time, and then another 99% of the 1% quit in the last period of time that would have got them all the way to where they wanted to be or better. Because of the lack of capability of human awareness of progress. But if you have faith in an abundant world, a value-add world, where things aggregate and compound, you will have faith to get yourself to a value-add place where there's more than enough of everything for everyone, a better place, a better position, a better situation, even though all personal and professional activities in your life indicate you're not even close. All it is indicating is failure, setbacks, and mistakes which caused 99% of the people to quit. If we understand the idea of value add and we have faith that there's more than enough of everything for everyone and we understand how energy works, that it not only aggregates and attracts more of what we want instead of what we don't want, what we don't have or what's missing or what other people want for us and it also compounds, there's also a third characteristic of energy that applies to this idea of community and providing value, giving people what they like and taking away what they don't like and giving you an opportunity to get what you like and then take away what you don't like. And it's one that I think Einstein touches on it, but he didn't really dive into it unless you get deep into his materials. It's acceleration. One of the nicest things about energy and putting forth the right energy in a trajectory of what you think you want by giving meaning to the inflection points, defining moments, pain, setbacks, failures, and mistakes in your life to align with that trajectory and have faith that you're aggregating and compounding even though you don't see the results because you know you're not capable because you are just part and parcel of this infinite abundant system of thought is it accelerates. Energy accelerates. Now the kids can enjoy it. 
So can we. Because as we look back, by consistently, persistently pursuing our potential with the mindset, heart set, and hand set of abundance, providing value to people, asking for more value, creating this energy, it starts accelerating. So in year one, you get one. In 11 months, you have two. In 10 months, you have four. In nine months, you have eight. In eight months, and so on. So it just speeds up the process of the human capability of being aware of the progress that we're making to help adjust our behaviors and our energy so that we get better aggregation, compounding, and acceleration in our life. How do we do it? Well, if you subscribe like I do to a world of more than enough of everything, of everyone, if you have faith in an omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source, whether it be religious, philosophical, theoretical, spiritual, whatever faith it comes from, but if you have it, then you just got to figure out what you're doing to interfere with it. Because people will tell me all the time, how does someone that look like you at your age have so much energy? I can't keep up with you. Try it. I welcome any of you to come shadow me one day and let's see if you can make it through the whole day with me without falling asleep. I promise you physically, I'm not in the best shape comparatively to anyone here. I'm not, but you can't keep up with me because I know one thing, that you and I share the same energy, but I've spent 17 years figuring out what I'm doing to interfere with the omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source that I am. I'm going to repeat that without choking up. I have spent 17 years of my life identifying what I'm doing to interfere with what I am. And you're the same. So if you're 12 years old, and you're wondering, like, how the heck is that chubby 55-year-old dude outdoing me with all that energy? I just have figured out what I'm doing to interfere with what we all share. And from that premise, now we're ready to sell. Now we're ready to sell. So how do we sell? Well, in the context, the whole idea of selling is to figure out what you like and what you don't like. But there's one thing I learned over these years that interfered with this philosophy of abundance, of more than enough of everything for everyone, of creating a community of people that want to provide value to each other and know people that can provide value to each other, which creates extraordinary amount of abundance. And it's the open mind. The minute I change my philosophy from finding the exact avatar I'm looking for that beautiful middle-aged lady that has brown hair and beautiful eyes and likes to wear white and black because I sell white and black blouses. <laughs> right? This is what I spent the first half of my career doing. I was selling legal research online and I go and find the exact lawyer, the partner. And I didn't realize back then, and it's even easier now, how many people, for example, here, how many people here know a lawyer? Oh, surprise. <laughs> There's the basis of sales right there. That's it. And we forget about it. How many people here know a chiropractor? Uh, right? How many people a sports agent? It's amazing. But not only do we know them, we have the ability to connect with them easier than ever statistically. So the only thing that's going to interfere with the philosophy of abundance of providing value, of creating a community of people that want to provide value to each other or know other people that want to provide value to is the closed mind. The interesting thing is I've pursued this idea of selling to an open mind, of sharing a vision with an open mind, of sharing value with an open mind, is that originally I thought some people have open minds and some people have closed minds. Anybody believe that? Some people have open minds and some people have closed minds. Don't be afraid, raise your hand, because I believed it. Yeah, good. <clears throat> and I understand it. I'll tell you what I've learned, and if you subscribe to it, it'll help you understand how to find an open mind, because statistically, sharing a vision or value with an open mind is minimum a thousand times easier than one with a closed mind. <laughs> And once again, I'll go back to being a parent about my sales. Try a 13-year-old <laughs> or a 23-year-old daughter when she's dating a dude that you know is no... No, I won't go there. <laughs>
My daughter has an open mind the majority of the time. And so does everyone else. Some people have less of an open mind the majority of the time. In, in sales or in what I like to describe uh, your capability of sharing a vision or sharing value, that it's really important to get to there quickly. Whether it's in person, on the phone, via email, or media, social or traditional media, I want to share vision and value with an open mind. And I want to utilize my three no rule to a closed mind. Why? Because everyone on earth has an open mind at a certain time. And even more importantly, what I've learned about open minds is that if I can catch, which is why I like the three no rule, if I can catch someone with a closed mind, that now, for whatever reason, I caught them in the best five minutes of the last year, they have an open mind, statistically, it's the easiest person on earth to share a vision and a value with. Why? Because I have no competition. Because the majority of their life, they're spent with a closed mind, so when they're making choices for themselves for the best opportunity, you're it. Because you caught them at that one minuscule moment of their life that they had an open mind, and you're it, which gives you statistical success in sharing vision and value. But it also works on the other side, like in the case of my daughter, who has a very open mind, but at that time in her life about that subject matter, the boyfriend I don't like, who's now gone, thank goodness. It's true. She had a very closed mind. Now, open-minded people, they're difficult sometimes to share a value and a vision because you have to go through a prioritization process because they have so many options, opportunities, and touches of favor because they do have an open mind, open heart, and open hands. So now you have to learn how to articulate quantitative value to exceed what you're asking for so you can move up in their prioritization system. But people have closed minds that you catch with an open mind, very easy to become the priority. The key to it is to identify an open mind and utilize a three no rule to the closed mind. So let me start with the three no rule and I'll go back and teach you how to find an open mind. Three no rule is this. If I find out you have a closed mind, like I say good morning and you grunt at me, <laughs> that's one no. So I know not a good time to maybe try to share a vision or a value uh, with dad that I want to go to spring break in Dominican Republic with my six sorority sisters. He just growled at me. Bad time. But my girls all know and my son knows, hey, we got a three no rule because dad has a super open mind and I know I'm a priority for, for my dad. So I'm walking by a couple days later, and dad's hugging mom, having a great time, just got a huge check. You know, <laughs> all the things that open up dad's mind to me going to the Dominican Republic with six of my sorority sisters. Bam, dad. <laughs> and she smiles at me, and I smile back. Oh, how's it going, dad? Amazing. This is an amazing day. Funny it is for me, too. <laughs> what do you like about your day, dad? I'll tell you, I'm so blessed. Look at your mom, first of all. She's still in love with me, and I'm still in love with her. And we have more than enough of everything for everyone. And look at you. You're so happy. That makes me, you're so healthy. And you appreciate and love me. Oh, boy, do I. <laughs> Let me give you more of what you want, Dad. Because I'll really appreciate and love you if you let me go to the Dominican Republic with six of my sorority friends. Sure. That's how we find the open mind. And there's a template that you can practice, but that's a natural, true circumstance, which I also had with my daughter in Wisconsin who street hustled me, not in an abundant way, knowing my philosophies of open-mindedness, and talked to my wife and said, oh, dad's in a great mood, blah, 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 and called me immediately and said, oh, dad, mom said you'll share, getting me a new hairdryer. And I'm thinking $36. <laughs> Oh, no, we don't have to share it. You need a hairdryer? You appreciate dad so much. I want you to appreciate and love dad even more. Here's the hairdryer. And then you get the notification, $632 from Dyson. <laughs> Coming from a bald middle-aged man, I had no idea they even made hairdryers. But this shit works. 
in an abundant way. I'm so proud of her. I told someone last night the story about how I was street hustled by my 18-year-old daughter in Wisconsin, and I said, and half of me is so proud of her. <laughs> she understands abundance. And this works in every aspect of our lives. If you have faith, if you understand energy, and if you seek out the open mind at the right time, what do we do on the third time? So let's take the scenario with my daughter going to the Dominican Republic. I grunt at her the first time. I'm smiling and happy, love and appreciate she's going to give me more of that by going to the Dominican Republic, but then I see on the news something that interferes with my mind. Or I get a call that there's an issue with my mom or something else. She gets that no the second time, and so she backs off, closed mind. Then she comes the third time, and what happens if by chance she has a dad who makes her most relative, prioritizes her in her life, is completely abundant and open-minded, but by chance, the third time she tries to approach me, she says, hey dad, I'm considering going on spring break, and I'm like, not now. Now what do we do? Because this happens in life all the time. I am a perfect prospect for my daughter to share her vision and value of going to the Dominican Republic for spring break. I'm a perfect candidate. But I've said no three times. What does she do? The same thing you're going to do. Hey, Dad, I have something really important to talk to you about. Can you let me know when it's a, a good time? Why am I getting choked up? Because I see so many people fail. Because they try to force. Right? They're trying to get. They're not utilizing faith that there's more than enough of everything and that my intention, regardless of my mindset, when my most relative person and priority in my life is asking for me to share value and vision and she wants to share value and vision, give me more of what I like and I want to give her more of what she likes, but she's cognizant of the fact that it's not the right time. The more you understand time is the dependent variable of all matter, the better off you'll be. In several respects, knowing the right time of an open mind, but also knowing how long it takes to progress, but also know how long am I interfering with me in abundance. I have actually quantified guilt. <laughs> Anybody have guilt in their life? Of course you do. Guilt is one of the two fears that exist. There's either fear of the past or fear of the future. Fear of the past is always guilt or regret. Fear of the future is some form of worry or anxiety. Both you want to quantify how much time am I spending there because it's interfering with you and your abundance. Your ability to provide value or knows people that can provide value or to receive value or know people that can help you receive value. Give you more of what you like and take away more of what you don't like according to your skills, your knowledge, and your desires. It's that mathematical in my mind. If you can spend minutes and moments interfering with everything, imagine how much of everything will be in your life. The giving, the receiving, and witnessing of giving and receiving the highest form of truth. The giving of vision and value, the receiving of vision and value, and the witnessing of vision and value. The ultimate truth. Love, light, and lessons. That's what it is. And so there's pragmatic ways. We're going to now go out in the world, in person, on the phone, via email, and media, and find open minds. Because everybody here knows a lawyer. <laughs> or they can find me one. There's multiple places with millions of them, unfortunately. Um, I'm one, recovering. Right? So if we think in an abundant mindset, and we utilize the philosophy that I'm just looking for open minds, then all I have to do is institute a pragmatic, personalized methodology to figure out a few things. One, what are you doing today aligned with or pertaining to what I'm interested in sharing vision and value of? Your health? your wealth, your family, travel, solar, financial planning, I don't know, bananas. It's a, you give me any topic. I have practiced for so many years. I know exactly when I find an open mind. Oh, by the way, I do still have a little bit of ADD. I forgot to teach you how to find the open mind, though. So here's a few things that you can make your own. One, these are really 
difficult things, but one of my favorite ways to find an open mind is to look someone right in their eye and smile. Eh, sorry, if they smile back, I'm on you. <laughs> Prospect. <laughs> Humor's a great way, right? We can find people all the time with something I can comment on. Hey, you've been waiting for me there? <laughs> right? If they smile, open mind. If they grunt at you, run. You know, I love Dodger fans because anyone that wears Dodger paraphernalia, I love to say, hey, did you buy that on sale? <laughs> and then they laugh and I'm like, open mind. Very open mind. They think the Dodgers are going to win again. You can't buy a championship. I've been around sports a long time. You cannot buy it. Every once in a while you win, but not because you bought it. It's awesome. Yeah, if, if we can make an emotional connection with people, yes, people buy on emotion for logical reason. What that really says to me is people with an open mind buy for logical reasons. And if we can give those reasons that are quantitative to exceed what we're asking for by providing vision and value to help people get more of what they like and take away what they don't like, instead of overselling, backend selling, lying, manipulating, and cheating in a zero-sum game, you're going to be hugely successful. Your deals will be multiplied. The amounts of the deals in, that they contain of value and vision will be multiplied, and the more people will want to multiply with the multiplied. This is how it all works. So we gotta find the open minds in person, on the phone, via email, and media. And you'll have more options, opportunities, and touches of favor. And when we find an open mind, we wanna start a conversation by asking an open-ended question about an issue or a related issue to what you want to share value and vision with or what you need value and vision for. In other words, we want to either give what people like or don't like or receive what, what we like or don't like accordingly. So how do we do that, right? Now we ask open-ended questions. What are you doing today is a great transition or have you ever heard of chat GPT or do you know anything about this or do you know anyone that's working in this space or industry or have you ever been to a chiropractor or do you know one? And then let them talk and then use more open-ended questions to continue to be more interested in the interesting, knowing that the conversation is meant to find out what somebody likes so you can give more of it, or what somebody doesn't like so you can help take that away. Reduce the pain, setbacks, failures, mistakes, interference for them. And you have to be more interested than interesting. You have to ask those questions and then use closed-ended questions to lead them a little bit. I love donuts, oh really? Do you like this type of donut? Right, that's a leading question that leads to a yes or no answer that helps facilitate accelerating the conversation of how you can provide more value of what Skip likes or what he doesn't like. It's that simple. Now, we're almost there in the sales framework utilizing pragmatic transition statements in order to facilitate finding out would it help you if. And if someone says no, and let's say, oh, any variation of that would help you? Or if I knew someone that could do this, would, keep asking, keep questioning. Would it help, would it help, would it help? And when you can find out how you can give what they like or take away what they don't like, now you have a perfect opening to build the community even farther and complete the flow. The flow of aggregation, compounding, and acceleration of energy. What do I mean by that? Because when I'm capable of saying, hey, would it help you if I got you these great donuts, and his mouth is watering and he can't wait to get it, I can't. <laughs> that has so many different meanings in front of your children. Um, <laughs> but if I can do that and really get an acknowledgement that I'm providing something that he really loves, I now feel very comfortable articulating a quantitative value of what I would like. Do you know anyone that can help me? Not a quid pro quo, just a leverage of a community of people that are here to help each other or know people who can help each other. Do you know anyone that can help me? I'm a sports agent and I really like to meet young athletes that are graduating from college that play you know, these specific sports. Do you know anyone that can help me? Once again, how many people know? It's amazing. And pretty soon, your biggest problem is just utilizing the five daily practices in order to prioritize 
all of the options, opportunities, and touches of favor that come along with being abundant, which, by the way, when you're living in abundance, there's two things that will happen that indicate you're living in abundance. One is feeling overwhelmed, and the other is procrastinating because you feel overwhelmed. Overwhelmed is just the feeling that I have more options, opportunities, and touches of favor than I know how to prioritize. So part of this sales process or this value world of more than enough of everything and everyone requires as we provide ourselves more people who can help us, more people who know people can help us and vice versa, is now how do we prioritize it? So we start with a foundational value of more than enough, an omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source, an abundant, infinite system of thought that we're part of. We move to... How do we share a vision by finding open minds, asking open-ended questions to facilitate giving people more value, meaning more of what they like and taking away what they don't like, and then shifting it into the flow of also making sure that we're confident, knowing there's more than enough of everything for everyone, that it's a value add to ask, do you know anyone that could help me? Equal to, if not greater than, how can I be of service or value to you? Which to me, being part of this group for so long, is always the more difficult challenge for people who are healers, who live their lives to help people. It's very difficult for you to understand the abundance of asking for help. And in order to do that, not only must you appreciate the abundance, meaning add value to everything and everyone that you come in contact to, because appreciation is the process of adding value. You only can add value or understand adding value in an abundant world, not a zero-sum game, a scarce world. Secondly, acknowledgement is very important in appreciation in the flow. We acquire the knowledge in only one way. If we can take what we've appreciated and not have it anymore, we acquire the knowledge of what we had appreciated. Once again, taking faith is more than enough of everything for everyone to not only give away everything we appreciate, but understand that it's going to be lost, stolen, manipulated, cheated from us as well. And we're not going to create interference when it's lost, cheated, manipulated from us. We are simply going to learn more lessons on how to find the open minds and other people that are aligned with the values and the vision that we have to create a community of people that will aggregate, accelerate, and compound in the same respect, making our biggest challenge prioritization. So we need to acknowledge things and be okay with it being lost, stolen, manipulated, or cheated as long as we learn the lessons from it. And then the final step, which I want to finish up on, because I think James holding up, he's not trying to give me an air five. I think it meant five minutes. Um, <laughs> hey man, Sean pays me by the minute. Uh, you got a minute, Sean? <laughs> but the last piece, the one that I love to drive home to all of you because it's naturally a very difficult one for you to complete the flow. We talk about influencers today. They're just spreading the flu, right? They're spreading dis-ease. Standing in front of shit they don't own to children thinking that the snapshots of their life, their best moments of their life is a reality. That's influence, spreading dis-ease. If you want to be an influencer, if you want to live in the flow of abundance, more than enough of everything for everyone, you have to ask. You have to truly adhere to, cohere to the idea of abundance because if you really believe there's more than enough of everything for everyone, you'll realize that the most value that you can provide for everyone is to receive more. That question, do you know anyone that could help me, is the final most valuable step of the sales process. Because I'm confident that I am going to add so much value to your life by you being able to help me. You know how I know that? Because every time I'm able to do that for you, for my family, my community, now the world, I know how much value it brings to me. It brings so much value. And my biggest thing is so many people are interfering with it because they don't ask. They don't ask the people that sit in the situation that you want to be in and say, hey, how'd you get there? Can you help me? Do you know anyone that could help me? When my entire philosophy of life is to build a community of people that want to help each other and know people that can help each other with what they like and take away what they don't like. So next time you hold back and you think about, I'm here to appreciate everything I have and acknowledge it. I'm just going to away for my kids and the community and everyone else, the kids in Africa and Curacao and 
I'm just here to do that. Remember, all you're going to do is dissipate, dissolve, and disappear your capacity to help others. But when you expand your vessel into abundance, when you appreciate that expansion by acknowledging what you had, either by giving it away, losing it, having it stolen, cheated, or manipulated to you, and then you ask for more, your vessel will grow. And you'll start to realize there is this value-add world. There is more than enough of everything for everyone. And I'm going to give you a gift. I'm going to leverage everyone I know and everything I know and everything I do, say, think, believe, and feel to help you with more of what you like and take away what you don't like. But I'm also going to give you even more value because I'm going to give you the opportunity to do the same so that you can feel abundance like I do every single day to apply my why, not search for it. To live with my intellect, my intuition, and my inspiration in a trajectory of what I think I want by giving meaning of the defined moments, setbacks, failures, mistakes of my past in that trajectory. To aggregate, compound, and accelerate more than enough. I promise you it's that easy. No more prospecting. Don't worry about your advertising in the respect of it by targeting this audience and that. No all of the advertising marketing asks that you have are simply to find open-minded people who know people or can help you themselves to facilitate an understanding of what they like and what they don't like and align it with your skills your knowledge and your desire or others who have skills knowledge and desire that can provide that value and i promise you if you learn how to do this and i'm happy i'm going to stay after sign books i'm happy to send all of you templates of the practices, an open-ended question guide that you can make your own and practice abundance every day of your life. I will give all of you that. All you have to do is ask. But if you do that, I promise you, you'll live in that world that I have found, the one you want to live in. More than enough of everything for everyone. You will learn to clear the interference between you and everything. It's an amazing life. And then we can practice next time they invite me here and pay me by the minute to teach you how to prioritize all the options, opportunities, and touches in favor of a world of abundance where you make more money, help more people, and have more fun. In other words, you are happy and you'll be able to empower other people to empower other people to be happy. And if you do that, as I always finish up, you'll make me happy. I love you and thank you so much for your time.